mascot, every block, every game. We're your home for Clemson basketball. 105.5 and 97.5, we are the Roar, where every day is game day. Mike, you like saving money? You know I do, Mickey. Save you $200, man. Get that garage floor done. Call our great friends over at uh, Carolina Flooring Specialist. 25th anniversary going on right now. Carolina Flooring Specialist. You call Tim Worley, 404-8158. Tim, I told you uh, yesterday, Mike, you didn't hear the, the Mickey Pollard show. Tim sent me something. I emailed him something. He didn't answer back. He answered later that, that afternoon. And the, the process or the thought was, he said, hey, I'm sorry. I was up early this morning with the Mickey Pollard listener. $200 off. You can't beat it. So great friends over at Carolina Flooring Specials. Get the garage floor done. A no obligation phone call. Take you 10 minutes to show you what they do. Show you the design of colors. Measure your garage. Get your estimate. Show you the, the before and after pictures. So say goodbye to the cracks in your, in your garage, to the concrete dust, to the automotive stains, and say hello to a much more valuable slip-resistant, stain-resistant, functional deal. You're going to love it. Carolina Flooring Specialist. 404 8158. 404 8158. All right. Um, so the, the subject, Delvin, hang on, I'm coming to you. The, the subject there was the Olympics and what happened to the Olympics. Mike, when I was in my formative years, Jackie Joyner Kersey was must see TV. Amazing. Florence Griffiths Joyner and her nails. Uh, Mark Spitz, oh, in the, the, the seventy-two games. I, Mark, I don't remember Mark Spitz in the seventy-two games. I remember Mark Spitz post Olympics and the commercials, you know, hearing him and his records. Uh, Carl Lewis mm. at the eighty-four games in L.A. How about Bruce Jenner? She was great. <laughs> uh, Michael Phelps. I don't. I do remember seventy-six Montreal. Bruce, Bruce Jenner was the story of the Olympics. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. By the way, if what if somebody told you that then? I, I mean, in, in nineteen seventy-six, if I told you what would happen, it's you unfathomable. Go, what? It's, it's unfathomable. It, it's he was such an amazing athlete. <laughs> Michael Phelps, twenty-eight medals. Like what he did and how he did it. That's can't miss. But think about this. The best example of why the Olympics, the Olympics didn't hit their their peak at this time. The Olympics hit their peak, I think, in the 76, 80, 84. And that's Cold War times. Texas made a great point. The Cold War, the, the Soviet Union, USSR, uh, Olympic um, Miracle on Ice. That's the, the peak but the 84 games where they, they didn't participate. I mean, that, that's the peak of, of, of Cold War and us versus the big red machine and all that. I mean, that, that's when it was at its best. I get that. No one did more for the Olympics in, in a more of a pressure-packed deal than Jesse Owens in Munich mm. in 1936 with Adolf Hitler in the stands. Mm. And a black man winning Olympic gold medals. That mean no one did what that guy did. But in 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 my lifetime, at least, watching Nadia Comaneci, 
Oh, get yeah. The, the, the perfect 10, the 14-year-old get the perfect 10. Watch the Tiafilo Stevenson, the Cuban boxer, win gold medal after gold medal. But I, I saw, uh, and I didn't see Muhammad Ali in the Olympics or George Foreman in the Olympics, but Shaw Sugar Ray Leonard in the Olympics. And so you see these, these unbelievable can't-miss athletes. Well, again, the, the biggest, single biggest part of the demise of the Olympics. Well, let me, let me, I'll, I'll get back to this. They, they've, they've picked some bad venues. All right. So they, they picked some bad host cities. And it, it's remember when NBC did the, you got the red channel, the blue channel, the green channel. That I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. Where, and, and, and they had some pay per view type things. So that, that, because of time zone changes. All right. So in the – make sure I'm not saying this. In the, the Summer Olympics in 2000 – make sure I'm not saying this here too. Um, the Summer Olympics were in Japan in 2020. That's hard for us watching here. They were down, <coughs> sorry, down in Brazil. I'm sorry. In 2016. <coughs> so my dry cough's got me there. That wasn't bad itself. Remember, everybody thought they were get they were gonna die from mosquitoes. Remember that? Uh the UK, London was a good host, and that was only six hours behind us, I think. The the 2008 games in China, too far on the other side of the world, all the live events were at, at three in the morning. Greece, okay. Australia's kind of tough in 2000. But we've got to get it back on this side of the world. Like I said, the only one that's been in like the Western Hemisphere over here was, was Brazil. Um, they're coming to L.A. in 28. But you go back to the Olympics that are prime, at least in the United States, uh, summer Olympic-wise, Atlanta in 96, Montreal in, in 76, uh, L.A. in in um, 84. Like, when it's live and in prime time or when we can watch it, that's when the Olympics were at its best. Little known fact that the 80 Olympic medal thing, that was in the afternoon on like a Friday afternoon when we beat the Russians, and they replayed it at night. Like, I knew that America won before they played. They they, they told it on the news. I'm like, oh, man, didn't, I wish I didn't know that. Anyway, that wasn't alive, but that's still on, on the side of the world. In the in the Winter Olympics part of it, going back, um, Montreal, oh, Montreal summer, I'm sorry, uh, Lake Placid certainly w- was a good one. Calgary, like that's on our side of the world. You see what I'm saying? So it, it helps to have um, Salt Lake City had that. So it's what happens on this side of the world. When you have it on, on, on the other side, uh, South Korea had the Winter Olympics. Uh, Sochi, Sochi, whatever, in Russia, Winter Olympics. So Vancouver helped um, when it's on, on you know, the, the TV and the time part of it. The other really bad mistake that the Olympics have made is that they've added sports that really just don't make a whole lot of sense. Well, in the Winter Olympics, there's not that many sports, first of all. You have alpine skiing, biathlon, bobsled, cross-country skiing, curling, figure skating, freestyle skating, ice, ice hockey, luge, Nordic combine, 
Short track, speed skating, skeleton, ski jumping, ski mount, uh, mountaineering, snowboard, and, and speed skating. Did you say bobsled? I heard you say luge. Uh, I did say bobsled. Okay. The, and as Jerry Seinfeld said, the luge is like the bobsled, but there's no sled. It's just bob. <laughs> That's great. And, and he also says about, about the luge that, and the bobsled that the same person that voluntarily or involuntarily does it would have the same score. Like, what are you doing? No, I don't want to do this. Don't push me down this hill. Ah. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> with that said, and there's a bunch of different variations of all all the figure skating, all the, you know, all the, the competitions, you get that. But there's not that many in there. And they haven't added that many really, really bad ones. Oh, and your favorite, the biathlon. The biathlon doesn't make sense. Where you, where you ski across the country yeah. and shoot at some targets. The the mistake that the Summer Olympics have made is they've added just dumb sports. There's too many dumb things. Three-on-three basketball is an Olympic sport. That's dumb. Baseball's not an Olympic sport, but three-on-three basketball is. That's just dumb. Uh, rhythmic gymnastics. They've added flag football. I mean, come on, man. There's a point in time in there where a uh, uh, walking, power walking thing, whatever, walking. You can't, you can't walk. That's not a, that's not a sport. <laughs> sport climbing. Mm. They've added too many like just bad sports. You know what the second biggest sport in the world is, Mickey? When you think of Olympics in terms of participation it's an olympic sport in terms of oh, first of all we have trampoline that's not a sport man um badminton badminton yeah really yep that's not i worked the world badminton championships in 1995 in atlanta georgia really yeah and there were thousands of people that that's where they made the, their mistakes. They, they added some some bad things in there. So they made a couple of big mistakes. However, again, in case you missed the last segment, there's one reason why the Olympics is not great anymore. And that's because when you turn on the television, when you turn on the radio, when you go on the internet, you have to hear how bad our country is. Everybody, both sides of the political industry prey upon you telling you that this is a bad place and there's bad people running it and the other side's always bad and all these awful things are going on and and so all the athletes are so oppressed everybody's holding them down and every everybody's just you know complaining about it. so what jesse owens had was a united nations behind him and, and we weren't united 36 like we were going to be 10 years later like that but what 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 uh uh, something like 80 the, the best 80 Olympic guys like what Carl Lewis had in 84 what what Jackie uh, Joyner Kirsch had what, what uh, Florence Griffith Joyner had it's like we were, rushed, we were we were the United States and we're trying to say we're better than the Soviet Union the Cold War like and we loved each other what we did after 9-11 those next few Olympics man those were, were you were proud to be an American and you had the American flag and you sang the national anthem and it was a big deal you heard the national anthem you stood up Mickey back in 2020 I gotta share this um, 
a team that I follow pretty closely during all of the protests and all of that stuff, there was one person on the field that was standing and somehow standing with his hand over his heart during the anthem. And somehow I, I got, I got down to speak to this person after, after the game. And I said, why are you standing when everybody else isn't? And he said, I'm not even from this country, but this country has done so much. Yeah. It's the least I can do yeah. to yeah. stand up and honor yeah. the country that's done so much. But, but look, that's not those people that are kneeling. That's not their fault. Well, no, no. They've I'm been not, told. I'm not necessarily talking about somebody kneeling or somebody. No, no, I am. I, I am. I'm even talking about the people who are walking past the stadium during the national anthem. They've got other business, but they don't stop to at least acknowledge. Yeah, I am talking about those that kneeling. The when when the people you look up to tell you how bad things are and how you should feel this way, and you look up to them, that's how you're going to feel, and it's their fault. So the Olymp- I don't see a point in time now where we'll ever be united again, and I'm not sure the Olympics will ever be the same again. And that's not the most important part of being united. But, the, but from a sports standpoint, it does affect that. There's no doubt. Delvin's up next, 654-ROAR. Good morning, Delvin. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Blessed, buddy. Very blessed. Yeah, we were talking about the combine. It seems like everybody's forgetting about Jeremiah Trotter, man. Nobody talking about that. He had a good day yesterday. What did he? I, I didn't see it. What did he do yesterday? He did, uh, on on, on the field, they did like the little. Yeah. Did he yeah, run? Did he do the forty? Do the time and stuff though? Let me see if I can find his uh, his stuff. Because I didn't I didn't see any of his recap of his numbers anywhere. Um, try to check it out here. We'll see. Anyway, yeah. Look, I I think Jeremiah Trotter is going to play a long time in the NFL, much like his dad. I think he's got a very bright future. I'm trying to find his, his combine stuff. Hey, did you watch most of it yesterday? Did you watch a lot of it? No, nah, I didn't watch the highlights. Yeah. He just killed. Everybody just talking about Rook Aurora. Rook at 489, man. Rook made him some money yesterday. I got a text at about 1 o'clock that says that one of these scouts says that, uh, or somebody in the media said, watch out for the Rook Aurora show at 3 o'clock today. And he did not disappoint. Uh, he ran ran very, very well for sure. Um, I'm trying to find this guy. I don't see any. It would be, it was defensive lineman and linebacker yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Trotter yesterday, six foot two twenty eight. He did not run the 40. So he, he got the measured. Hand size, arms, and, and wingspan. Um, a little thought he's a little taller than six foot, but um, no, no forty yard dash for him yesterday. So that's why we didn't see it. Yeah, yeah makes sense. He did, he did good on the drill thing, like the little drill part. Yeah, he did good. Yep. That's the, yep. Uh, he'll be drafted, and he'll be a very good football player in the NFL for a very long time. You can count on yeah. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. and you can invest in Jeremiah Trotter Jr. If you're now again, that's not a first round talent, or anything. That's a mid round talent, but. Jeremiah Trotter at a position that's not very highly rated at inside linebacker spot, but he will play in the NFL a very, very long time. Yeah. Well, Colonel Reels, right? Um, Sacramento got that man. Hopefully they got him this time. And Mike Furry at Robert Shoot Coach. I was going to mention that. Uh, I, you know, they need some stability there because he hadn't had that. And here's a guy who has a, a very interesting career so far. Um, started out at Ohio State. Uh, transferred over to Northern Iowa, played in the NFL, 
and was a actually had a, a pretty good NFL career with the Colts, uh, Rams, Lions, Browns, Redskins. Uh, then went his very first coaching job right out of the NFL. He was head coach at, at Kentucky Christian. Left there, wide receiver coach at Marshall. Became the head coach at Limestone in 16 and 17. Left there to coach the Bears wide receivers. Then came back to Limestone to coach for a couple of years before heading to South Carolina. So, uh, from a positive standpoint, former NFL player, a guy who's coached the NFL for uh, three years, and uh, a guy who played in the league, from a, a, a concern standpoint, he's never really recruited at that high level against high-level competition. We'll see what that can look like. But I'd be pretty intrigued by Mike Free, the new, new wide receiver coach at South Carolina. Yeah, they're going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, yeah. I agree with you about Jeremiah Trotter. I think a lot of people are just overlooking him. I think you got to wait until Clemson had a pro day. I think he'll stand out then. Yeah, I think Jeremiah Trotter is going to be a, a pro for a long I, time. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's being overlooked. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to invest my money in the people I can count on accountability-wise and all that. The combines, he's not going to wow anybody. Again, six foot, that's a little shorter than I thought. But he's not going to wow anybody. But when you turn the film on, that, that film and that maturity level. You know, um, I think. I think Nate Wiggins go today. You gonna watch Nate Wiggins show today? Yeah, Nate Wiggins is gonna gonna turn out a a sub four four forty. I think. Oh, you, oh, so you gonna you gonna on the spot with that, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll see. Um, yeah, time I call Trotter, uh, thanks an awful lot there, uh, Delvin. According to my friend Doug Sinison, Trotter uh, did not participate vertical jump, broad jump, forty yard dash. He's gonna do that at his, at his pro day here in Clemson coming up. So. Um, we, we shall see. We come back. We're going to talk some college basketball and some college baseball for the first time with uh, my friend Josh Williams. Don't miss that. J-Dub joins us right after a very short break. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Need to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or a wood chipper? Maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor. McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union. Call 654-9187-CLEMSON or 718-1449 West Union. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. Before you break ground on that exciting project, here's a friendly reminder from Fort Hill Natural Gas. Safety first. Call 811 before you dig. It's the law and it's free. Whether you're planting a garden or installing that dream patio, make sure to dial 811, your ticket to a safe and worry-free project. Fort Hill Natural Gas supports and recognizes safe digging practices. Your safety is their priority. Dig smart, dig safe. Call 811 before you dig. Brought to you by Fort Hill Natural Gas. 
where safety meets satisfaction. Accidents happen. If you've been injured in a car, motorcycle, or boating accident, you need to seek legal help as soon as possible. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, can evaluate your case to help you get the full compensation you deserve. The call and the consultation are completely free. Don't wait. Call today. 864-654-3680. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, here for you. Clemson's new music venue, The Basement, presents Nashville recording artist Trey Lewis live on Friday, March 8th. Doors open at 7 p.m. and show starts at 9. Don't miss Trey Lewis at The Basement. 21 and over, located behind It's Your Wiener Restaurant and Bar. Get your tickets now at thebasementclemson.com. Nashville recording artist Trey Lewis at The Basement in Clemson, Friday, March 8th. Don't miss it. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. It's hoop season here at The Roar, and we've got you covered all day long. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Instead of the break of day, you wake over there, no doubt, man. Hey, I'm gonna have to install a yawn button over here. Don't do it. I got the cough button. I hit about half the time. Other half, it just stinks up on me. Hey, real quick, uh, Warren jumped in, and we got Josh Williams coming up. So, but Warren wanted to make sure he got in his his comments about uh, Coach Fury. He said he's gonna be awesome at Carolina, as much as he hates to say that because he's a Tigers fan, but he said that he got to hear him speak, and he's an awesome coach. So right over in Gaffney, South Carolina. Appreciate Warren jumping in this morning. Yeah. Texas great music, Mike V, this morning. Let's go. Um, our friends at Prime Lending, primelendingsc.com, let Mark, Amanda, the great folks, set you up. Let them get you the very best rates. Look, here's the bottom line. that, that We all care about rates. I care about rates. Rates are the most important thing where you're going to get the best rates. But when it comes to anybody getting close to those rates, then – Customer service might be the deciding factor for you and the relationship you have with them and just how they're they're in the people business, man. And they're, they're looking out after you and they're giving you all kinds of options. We love our friends over at Prime Lending for the best. Put them in your, in your um, uh, favorite list. So whenever you do remodel your home or buy your next home, it's primelendingsc.com. To our guest lines, Josh Williams joins us. Good morning, J-Dub. How you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you this morning? Great. For the first time this year, I want to talk some college baseball with you. Um, Mother Nature appears to be dead set on Clemson and South Carolina not playing three games this weekend. The way it's playing to me, it'll be a midweek makeup. First question to you is, is there an advantage for Clemson or South Carolina by playing only two and then playing a midweek game later on? Can you kind of look at it from both teams' perspective and see if there's a, in your mind, if that, that helps one of the two teams or not? Hmm. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. And with the 
what you've seen so far, maybe, well, from a Clemson perspective, you kind of uh, maybe should play two this weekend. Maybe by the time uh, you play in April, Cannarell is a little bit more healthy. You don't know. But, um, yeah, it, it, when playing this early, it's hard to tell because, I mean, pitching staffs can be completely different. Uh, you know, if they play, say, in mid-April, um, you know, as a makeup versus obviously here the third week of the season and uh, the beginning of March. So, yeah, we saw last year, obviously, uh, Clemson struggled in the early part of the year and then obviously got hot at the end. So, yeah, there's a lot of ebbs and flows. We'll just kind of have to see how they shake out. Does it feel well, – well, first of all, let me ask you this. If you're Clemson and you only play two games this weekend because Tristan Smith and Canuck ha- have looked better than, say, Barlow the last couple of weekends, do you think about maybe not throwing your Friday guy and throw your Saturday and Sunday guys? Or what's the what's the maybe your thought there? Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Um, you know, Barlow predictably has been a little up and down. Obviously, having not not pitched at all last year, the other two have been better. Um, you still kind of want to see Smith in the strike zone a little bit more, but he's not been hit very hard, even though he gave up some runs last week. So, yeah, I, I think that's definitely uh, maybe a possible uh, line of thinking. Um, you know, because looking at if you look at South Carolina's stats. You know, they don't have the gaudy home run numbers yet. Um, actually, Clemson does have more home runs through them, even though they've played one less game. But the one thing that, that jumps out looking at this, the, the batting stats are the walks. And that's something some of the Clemson pitchers have struggled with a bit. But if you're looking at guys in their lineup, I mean, they, they've got uh, seven guys, eight guys actually, that have played a, a decent amount that's got – you know, seven-plus based on balls on the year, and you've got three guys with double-digit walks. So, you know, while you think about these last few years, your, your big uh, kind of bugaboo, your big uh, your big intent, you want to just try to keep the ball in the ballpark. But I think more than anything, uh, when you do give a home run, you want it to be a solo shot. You don't want to uh, give them extra traffic on the bases before giving up something for sure. With that said, their their batting average now on base percentage is awesome at four seventy four, but batting average that's because of eighty six walks. They're only hitting two eighty five, and that the middle and the bottom of the lineup really hadn't produced a whole lot. That seems different heading to because normally you know this time of year you play two weekend series not against great competition. Normally that number's been up to to a hundred points higher than that. Is that is that something you notice, or is it would you blame that on just not seeing good pitches and and, and seeing so many walks? Yeah, that's one thing, you know, I don't know a lot about these two teams they played. Obviously, I think Miami, you know, the first weekend was not very good, but particularly by the end of the weekend, they were really kind of, seemed like they were kind of out of pitching. So, you definitely credit them for being patient and, and you know, taking the taking the walks and uh, passing, passing the torch on to the next guy to come through. But I saw a stat the other day, and I haven't actually had a chance to go through, um, you know, kind of, line by line and verify it, but they've scored, it says South Carolina has scored 14 runs this year, either via the walk or hit by pitch, which is an astounding number. Uh, walked in that run uh, and hit that run? In other words, they forced a forced run home on that? Or or the guy got on by yeah, the they, walk? Okay. Yeah, they, they, the RBI has come via either a hit by pitch or walk 14 times. 14 of their 84 runs then. How about that? Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't know that was the mm-hmm. case. It, does it feel like, and again, it's early. Normally they say that, that 
you know, pitching ahead of hitting or whatever. Does it feel like that this, or am I wrong in saying, this just feels like a high-scoring weekend. Like, it's going to take eight, nine, ten runs to win. Am I wrong in, in that feel? Yeah. No, I, I definitely wouldn't uh, wouldn't disagree with that sentiment. And, and from, you know, Clemson's side, the defense has been a little shaky in some spots, yeah. you know, particularly the left side of the infield. Um and uh, that's one, um, you know, you're worried about giving free passes and getting guys on base or walks, but you know, it kind of works the same way if you – and, you know, and it seems like a lot of them have been obviously throwing errors where last weekend, but I think that's another thing that kind of you, you hope that kind of stabilizes uh, and can kind of improve because, you know, you're not going to be good enough to overcome that against when you get into some better competition in conference play or, or even this weekend for sure. Gamecocks 10 errors on the season. Clemson 15 errors uh, to date. All right, uh, ACC, I want to talk about this. The ACC basketball, big weekends abound. Uh, if, you, if you're thinking about Clemson facing uh, Notre Dame this weekend, normally you'd feel, you know, you'd feel okay about it. However, on the other side of it now, Notre Dame's playing much, much better basketball. If you, this late in the year, if, you, if you're playing a, a team at 6-11, and 11, you feel decent about it. But Notre Dame has won – five of their last six, including beating Wake Forest, and they're playing really well at home. Thoughts about the Fighting Irish hosting Clemson tomorrow night? Yeah, and their, you know, their one loss in that stretch was against Syracuse on the road when it was only by uh, three points. So, yeah, they've uh, they've been quite good since the calendar has turned to, uh, you know, kind of second week of February, the last few weeks. You know, they've got two – uh, freshman guards, you know, Burton and, you know, the coach's son, Shrewsbury, who've been really, really good. Um, but the one thing that kind of stands out when you look at them is defense. Um, yeah, their offense has struggled quite a bit this year, you know, full season number. You know, they're outside the top 250 in, in offensive efficiency, but they're top 30 in defense. So they'll, you know, and that's what's kept them in some of these games, even that would, would be ugly. Um, so yeah, it's not, um, it's not going to be a pushover. Um, they've uh, they've played well. You know they had a good win against Wake the other night. Maybe in a little bit of a letdown spot there, but yeah, it's not going to be a, a complete pushover by any chance. It looks like the line's probably going to open somewhere around some minus seven. Um, so we'll see uh, see if they can back up their uh, upset win uh, from earlier this week. All right, uh, top of the table right now, North Carolina one-game lead over Duke. Those two teams will play each other a little later on, um, and, and, and I mean, that'll be next weekend. We'll talk about this much more next weekend. But uh, the the next thing is Virginia at 12-6. and six. Did Virginia's win against Boston College steady that ship? They have a game-and-a-half lead now over Clemson and Wake Forest. That that message, uh, a road – I think it was a road win. Uh, that, that, that win do anything for Virginia to kind of stabilize things before you make you feel better about getting that third spot? Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, they've only got two games left where pretty much everybody else has three. Right. Uh, so if you're, you're looking at Clemson and Wake, you want to try to both get in the top four, I think that's kind of a tough tough ask because you probably pretty much have to need Virginia to lose the last two games. Yeah. Um, and even then, you know, obviously Clemson and Wake play each other, so it's not really possible to win out and both of them to one out. So, yeah, either Clemson or Wake is going to get stuck with the five seed, and it's going to come down to that uh, that game next weekend uh, up in Winston-Salem. So, yeah, Virginia, if, yeah, maybe it stabilizes them a little bit, but I think more than anything else, they've they've only got two games left and, and have a, 
you know, that game and a half lead. So, yeah, I think um, they kind of look increasingly likely uh, yeah, to be locked into that top four. At Duke tomorrow, then the week off before next weekend hosting Georgia Tech, that would, you know, let's, let's call it a loss in Cameron. Maybe the, the Georgia Tech game will be the difference in that or not. Uh, thoughts about Wake Forest and where they are. A bad loss the other day to Notre Dame. Now they're tied with Clemson. Uh, they have at Virginia Tech tomorrow, Georgia Tech at home, and then hosting Clemson. This this just feels like that Clemson-Wake Forest game, the last regular season game of the year. Probably what the ACC wanted, man. Mega um, implications there. But, but thoughts about Wake Forest coming off the Notre Dame loss? Yeah, I mean, it's a predictable flat spot, obviously, coming off the, the big win last weekend. But, um, yeah, it's all going to come down to that one next weekend. But they do have you – know, it's a big game for them um, against uh, Virginia Tech because, you know, with, with where uh, where Virginia Tech is, being that being a road game, um, double-checking this as I say it, but uh, I believe that's still going to qualify the quad one, which would be big for their resume. Uh, they're, they're short on those quad one wins. So, yeah, they've got two of the last three games are at home, but two of the last three obviously gives them another chance um, to pick up another quad one win, which is kind of to uh, solidify their resume. They've kind of they've come into that uh, kind of lot. looks like from most projections they're into that, you know, last four buy spot, so they're not really in the play-in spot. But, you know, if you stack another loss in there, you know, we'll see what happens. But, they uh, they definitely uh, they can't afford a big slip up, but they've got two big two big games on their schedule that can really uh, cement them as a lot to get into the tournament for sure. Josh Williams, our guest, talking ACC basketball. North Carolina ninth, net Duke thirteenth, Clemson twenty three, Wake Forest twenty seven. Right now, Virginia's forty six, Pittsburgh's forty nine. Um, talk to me about what's at stake over the last three games, last eight days of this college basketball regular season as far as the NCAA tournament and the ACC is concerned? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you're probably you're trending toward five. Uh, you know, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Clemson, Wake. Um, Pitt would be a real outside shot at, at this point. You know, they have uh, – they finished with uh, Boston College, Florida State, NC State. Not really a big opportunity there to pick up anything. Um, so, I mean, short of probably springing multiple upsets, uh, in the conference tournament, you know, they're kind of going to be left on the outside looking in really. So, I mean, it's, it's looking like five, uh, bids there for the conference with those top five. All right. With that said, North Carolina right now, nine in the net. I've seen mostly two lines. I, I don't see a path. And again, who knows? Maybe Arizona just collapses. Maybe Tennessee or Alabama, Auburn, they collapse, but I don't see a path. For North Carolina with a one seed, are they locked? In? Do you see a path for them to one? Are they locked into two? Could they fall to a three, depending on maybe a regular season loss to Duke? What the ACC tournament looks like? What's the stake for the Tar Heels? Yeah, I mean, I would think a three would be more likely than a one, um, but obviously would need multiple losses to happen. I, you know, they they did beat Tennessee, but it, um, you know, they're not. Uh, you know, they don't really kind of, as we saw last year with the Clemson and NC State thing, you know, they don't really necessarily look at it as a, as a head-to-head thing uh, that much. Um, but, yeah, I, it seems like Tennessee-Arizona is kind of the battle uh, for that last one seed. Um, I think you got to give the edge to Tennessee if they were to win win the SEC tournament. I mean, that's a stronger league than what um, – 
Arizona is in in the Pac-12. Um, but, yeah, I mean, North Carolina is kind of on the periphery there, you know, outside chance. But I, I think they need uh, multiple things to kind of swing their way for them to, to jump up to that one spot, last one spot. The other three look locked in. Uh, Duke, I see mainly right now. Let me check Lenardi's latest. He hadn't come up with anything since. Uh, now this is Lenardi. Oh, this is from last week, right? He hadn't come up with anything later since then. But Duke, you're in that. They're kind of yeah. straddling that like bottom of the three. Top That's what I'm saying. More, like. Duke feels more like three. Four feels more more likely than two. Um, yeah. Agree with that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, but on the th- on the three line there, Clemson a five right now is 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 a four obtainable is a six. Can he fall down to a six? Is are those still in play? You think for Clemson and what a lot at stake? In yeah, I, mean, I, I, th- I think it's probably more five six. I, you need some again. You need some good fortune there to to get up to. I mean, even Auburn, who's what ranked. You know, tenth or eleventh, they they did lose to Tennessee the other night. They've been kind of consistently on the four line. So I, I have a hard time seeing Clemson win enough to get up to that to that four line. Uh, I think you're on that five six, depending on how the conference tournament shakes out. All right, um, Wake Forest is one to talk about because they're kind of in that ten range, kind of in that uh, bubble range. Wake Forest and Virginia kind of in the same deal right now, uh, playing games ten. 19-11 lines um, at stake for those teams. Yeah, I mean, Wake would be uh, – would definitely – you know, if they got in as a double-digit seed that um, – or even if they made it into the 8-9 game, that would that would be a scary um, a scary second-round matchup for a one or two seed, depending on where they uh, – that I mean, that team is talented like we talked about. You know, they were – you know, their big guy, their center – you know, that didn't get to play the first, you know, seven games of the year. I think they went four and three. Yeah. Um, obviously, they've, you know, they're, they're what, 16 and seven or something, or 16 and eight since then. Um, yeah, I think they would be, they would be a dangerous team that I would not want to see, obviously, in the tournament. And you would hate to, if you were one seed and they made it in that eight, nine game and one, you would hate to see them in round two or, or likewise if they were, were somehow like a 10. You know, upset a seven and play a two seed in the in the uh, second round. That that would be a that would be a scary matchup uh, for one of those top seeds because they um, they've got all the pieces. They can really score it, um, and they've got a lot of options one through five. They can play different styles, and uh, they've got some guys that can really fill it up. That's why they needed the uh, the old nitty gritty report. The uh, the final uh, last ten games uh, playing a little more rather than. Putting so much in November and December through all of that. Hey, let's talk Clemson Wake Forest next week. Talk Duke North Carolina. Talk what's at, at stake. ACC tournament seedings when we visit next Friday. Yeah, man. You guys have a good weekend. You too as well. This is Josh Williams. Break it down. Talk a little college baseball with him as well. We're going to talk turkey. Jinx Eat Realty Hunting and Fishing Report. Jinx Patrick's going to talk turkey populations when you come back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. It's bow time. 
The only thing you want after a made-from-scratch Bojangles biscuit with juicy country ham is another one. For a limited time, get two ham biscuits for five bucks. That's two fluffy country ham biscuits. Cravings meet savings. Order in the app or at Bojangles. It's bow time. Tired of cutting your neighbor's grass or passing by distressed properties in your neighborhood? Well, wish no more. At Samuel Property Group, we specialize in transforming these overgrown, rundown properties and offer cash for them in as little as 10 days without the MLS. We buy properties every day, no matter the condition. So if you're ready to turn an eyesore into a neighborhood gym, visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com and fill out our contact form and we'll handle the rest. That's SamuelPropertyGroup.com. 59 years is a long time, especially when you're talking about how long a company has been in business. But that's exactly how long Joe Robertson and son have been servicing and installing roofs right here in the upstate. 59 years. That means that many of the roofs you see every day, your neighbors, the roof at your favorite restaurant, even the roofs you're driving past right now, are likely a Joe Robertson and Son roof. Now, you might be wondering why so many people here in the upstate have chosen Joe Robertson and Son for their roofing needs for nearly six decades. And the answer is simple. They were founded on the principles of providing quality workmanship, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. When you work with them, you won't pay a single dime until the job's been completed to your satisfaction. So if you have any roofing needs, do what so many people in the upstate have done for the past 59 years. Make it a Joe Robertson and Son Roof. Call 246-0886. That's 246-0886. Or visit robertsonroofing.net. The cold weather is here. Harrison's is the place to load up on layers from lightweight, long sleeve t-shirts to heavy duty, Sherpa line coats and everything in between. Harrison's is the home of work, western and wow! But nobody does work like we do. FR, high vis, work boots and safety shoes of all types plus a huge selection of workwear for men and women. Harrison's has what you need to work safe and work warm all winter long. Come see us in Spartanburg and Malden or get free shipping from harrisonsusa.com Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Unlock the secret to successful weight loss with PhD Weight Loss. PhD Weight Loss believes in nutrition, not gimmicks or pills. Their approach is simple. Learn healthy, sustainable nutrition habits and eliminate junk food. No counting calories, just a personalized eating plan for big results. Persevere and enhance your muscle mass while losing fat. With PhD, cravings become non-existent. Make a rewarding life change with PhD Weight Loss. Visit MyPhDWeightLoss.com today. PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Lose the fat, not the muscle. The Roar, the only media outlet where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's going to be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day. Should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll around. 
Access to the internet is critical for education success. If you have a child in K, grades, sorry, grades K through 8 in Oconee County Schools or K through 12 in Pickens County Schools, your family qualifies for receiving $30 off your internet bill each month, regardless of your income level. At Upcountry Fiber, they want to make sure that your child has the ability to connect and succeed. Visit upcountryfiber.com forward slash ACP or call them at 888-760-2111 to learn more. Again, that's uh, upcountryfiber.com forward slash ACP or call them 888-760-2111 to learn more. Upcountry Fiber, they're here for you, obviously uh, investing in our our young people and investing in education. Uh, This segment brought to you our great friends over at Jinx Inc. Realty and the big boss, Jinx Patrick, joins us. That's right. Good morning, buddy. How you doing? That's right. I'm doing great, Mickey. I'm enjoying this this spring rain. It it doesn't feel like winter rain. It feels like spring rain, and that to me is more acceptable. Is that fair? Yeah, even I swear to you this morning, I think it was sleeting here. Like it was ice here but <laughs> but here's the thing uh if we get past today's 45 degree high i only see yep. mid to high 60s from here on on the long-term forecast so i know we get a blast oh, yeah. every once in a while but man I, I think it's here now so we'll take that that means good news for you guys that's right that's right hey before i get started today mike can you remind me about what's going on with the big fishing tournament you mentioned last week? Oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, the Tucker Gives fishing tournament, tuckergives.org. They'll be cranking up at the Green Pond Landing tomorrow morning. Uh, I think the rain is supposed to be out of here early morning, so that, that sounds like it might be a great day out on Lake Hartwell. You can find out more, Jinx, at tuckergives.org. Good deal, good deal. That's a great tournament, great calls. Third, third annual, actually. That's that. right. But, uh, so it, it wouldn't be a hunting and fishing report if we didn't talk about fishing and hunting. So hey, I'm going to talk about. Well, let me ask you about the fishing part of it. Too. Like my dad fished, and he was a bass club guy, like a bass fishing, and like he was always a. And it seemed like to me as a kid, I remember him like liking rain, you know, not not pouring rain, but he had a little mist out this way. Like he kind of liked it. Does that what what effects that have? As far as getting out and. Getting out and fishing in it, yeah. Like he, he thought, man, like the fish gonna bite more than it rained. I don't. Maybe he's just trying to, to talk himself into it, psych himself up for that. But what effect does yeah, rain yeah, have maybe, on fish? Uh, I don't know. I don't I know. How wet, much trouble were you that. giving? How much? How much trouble were you giving him when he was leaving to go fishing? And where are you going with him? <clears throat> See, my memories of me going fishing with him was I told you I, uh, in the Asher Turf part of the of the boat, the bass boat, the John boat, whatever he had at the time. Oh, yeah. uh, me being the bottom yeah. of it uh, because it was so stinking cold. And then I'd have two two packs of toast cheese and uh, one Mountain Dew, and I'd eat both of them and drink them before we basically got stopped. Uh, and I was freezing <laughs> cold, and I was hungry the rest of the day. So it wasn't a positive experience of all that. But No, no, that sounds like, a, that sounds like a, a tough time of year to be out there for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. If it's cold like that. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's that balance between wanting to get out there with your kids whenever. Sometimes it's hard to find the time, right? Oh yeah, but, uh, so you got to go when you can. Yeah. But anyway, um, so listen. I, what I want to talk about today was something we need to be doing right now, and it, it's a, a turkey season is a month away, and I wanted to encourage anyone who's going to hunt turkeys this year on private land to understand what you have. And what I mean is, you need to understand your turkey population before hunting them. 
don't just show up on April 1st and start hunting turkeys. This is important because a track of hunting land may have enough deer for several deer hunters, but only support a couple of turkey hunters. And another fact is wintering areas for turkeys are not the same as breeding areas. And um, Mike Chamberlain did a, a great write-up on this a few weeks ago, if you know who Mike Chamberlain is. If you don't, just Google Mike Chamberlain turkey and it'll come up. He puts articles out every Tuesday. So you'll often hear about deer hunters who see huge flocks of turkeys every deer season. But then they say, I didn't see a single turkey during turkey season, but I saw them all during during deer season. That's because these hunters have wintering areas, but they don't have breeding areas. So what I suggest is a turkey population as a study of your private hunting land. And I do this two different ways. First, right now, and I mean today, I have deer cameras up with corn in front of them. After the turkeys find it, they hit it hard for a few days. And you and I know I know for a fact that I have a track in Lawrence and it only has one gobbler on it. And that, that track normally has several, but right now it only has one. And I'm quickly hitting the window where you can do this because all bait on property, including deer feeders, has to be gone 10 days before the hunt. But I know now that I need to take it easy on that property, and I might not hunt that one at all unless something else shows up. The second way is to scout in the mornings. I like to go out at sunrise and listen to the radio show on the way out there. There you go. I get out sunrise. Yeah, I get out, listen from the highest spot on the property, and the turkeys will gobble about the same time the crows start calling. And the goal here is to try to count the number of different gobblers that I can hear from my from my hunting spot on my hunting land. So let me ask that quickly. So, me, so, so on that deal, you're yes, you're telling how many different ones just because of the area, or the, or do they just sound different? Well, you can like you if you if you think about it, you're standing on a sundial, you know, yeah. you might hear one gobble at one o'clock right, and one right. gobble at three o'clock right. and one gobble. So you're basically delineating by direction, and occasionally they're paired up. And you'll have two, and you, that one's a little bit harder to delineate, but you can tell if they're double gobbling. If one gobbles and another one follows, that's when you got two that are paired up together. But the goal, all this is really necessary because we're, we're in a time of declining turkey population. And, and as a responsible hunter, we've got to recognize that if my 200-acre turkey hunting track only has two gobblers on it, I need to make sure I'm not shooting both those turkeys. We've, you can't send out all your hunting lessees out and say, "Hey, everybody, shoot one bird." When you, <laughs> then you won't have any gobblers left. So, right. it, it's just a, a last, this the last step in managing to make sure we have a population for, for tomorrow. Habitat is super important. Predator control is super important, and we fall into that second category as predator control. So you you can't you got to control your your hunting lessees. Is there now? This is the dumbest question I've asked, and I've asked plenty of dumbest for you. So the uh, difference in in gobblers and is it hens, toms, and hens? What what what's the male and the female called with with uh, the males called a tom or a gobbler? Okay, and the females if they're young. They're called a jake. Okay, females, females are, hens. are called hens. All right, is yep. there a difference in hunting? I know in deer, uh, bucks and and does, and there's. Uh, um, not strategies, but there's con- conservation things there. You're making it sound to me like these these gobblers, these, these toms are more valuable. Maybe am I hearing that right? 
or can you yeah, still so shoot you, hens? As far as turkey hunting goes, this is turkey hunting 101. Okay. You do not shoot the female turkeys. Okay. You only shoot the male turkeys. Okay. And it's important to note that one male turkey can fertilize many female turkeys. Right now, they're establishing a, a literal pecking order. Uh, the, the gobblers are. They're fighting. They're moving around. They're breaking up their flocks. They're moving from that wintering area into their spring breeding grounds. And that, this is when you start seeing them strutting a lot. Uh, this is the primary time of year where you see the, the males strutting. So um, if you can... If there's no males in the area, the hens will move around and look for the males, but this takes time, right? So you want to give them the opportunity to breed while they can, and it's really important during that first part of the season, especially the first 10 days of the season. And that's why South Carolina in, imposed a law that said for the first 10 days of the season, you can only shoot one turkey, and then you can shoot two more turkeys for the for the latter 20 days of the season. They're just trying to give them that opportunity yeah. to breed. Right, right. Um, and then turkey season lasts how long? It's April 1 to May 1. So you've only got a month in there. It's it's hot and heavy. It's a fantastic time of year. you got the Masters going on. you got all all these fun things going on. And turkey season is right smack dab in the middle of it. And it, it's it's a fantastic it's a fantastic experience hunting turkeys. It's exciting. You get to move around a lot. You get to you get, to get out. You get to walk around. It, it, it's fun, and, and they interact with you. Yeah. But um, we just got to make sure that we we do it responsibly. Well, because you talk about the population is a big thing there, though. But you talk about walking around now. That's when scouting. Because I can hear all these turkey hunters talk about how when you're when you're actually trying to harvest one of these, that you got to be so still because our eyesight's unbelievable. Yeah, you got, is, that, is that what we're doing? That's right. As far as, as, far as the, what the turkey is able to do, they deal with predators all the time. So they do have fantastic eyesight. They have fantastic hearing. They have no sense of smell that, I, that I'm aware of, you know, as far as, like, legit sense of smell. Right. So, it, you know, you, you can go out there and you can be stinky, but you better wear your camouflage and you better be still. All right, um, my friend. So what, <laughs> and I will tell you this. Right, I told so you we, before. Look, he, he, when I talk to turkey hunters, they are the most passionate in my – maybe I'm, that's a misconception, but turkey hunters take more pride and they, they, there's a sense about them and the way they talk to each other more than any other duck hunters and deer hunters. Like they, it's, a, it's a pride thing, man. They're passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, we we can be particularly annoying if we want to be, but we, <laughs> we really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was on the website last night. What's up at Jinx Inc. Realty? Yep. Some, some uh, price reduction stuff, some great-looking uh, tracks, uh, some new stuff coming on. I know some stuff that's not even on the site you talk about all the time, how huh? you've got properties that might not be on the site yet. Yeah, that's right. We got we, we do. We got some good six-acre, like, mini-farm tracks coming up, uh, and we just put one under contract yesterday, so it's not even shown on the website yet as far as, like, a five-acre track. Got a 50-acre track that uh, we're lowering the price on. It's going to be ready to go, so just give us a call. Love it, man. Jinx Inc. Realty, J-I-R-Land.com. Get in touch with those good folks. Can't thank you enough, buddy. And uh, uh, not, not outside as much today, but this weekend should be pretty nice. Can't wait to uh, talk to you guys next Friday. Sounds great. Talk All to you right. later, Thanks an awful lot. I forgot to send a big shout-out this morning. Um, and to the – I'll get in touch with the gentleman. Let me see if I can do this right, right here. Um. I think I saw that on the text line. Yes. Happy belated birthday 
Um, Jacob turned 12 yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. So, Jacob, happy birthday, buddy. Many, many more leap year birthdays are the best anyway because no one can forget your birthday if you're leap year. So, 12 years old, Jacob. Awesome, man. Uh, Birthday boy. Many, many more, my friend. Many, many more. I love it. Um, and I was supposed to send another one out earlier, and I forgot to do that, so I'm going to have to get in touch with that person. Um, I, got, I got sidetracked with the Olympic stuff. All right, Mike, when we come back, we're going to let people know what's not only on television this weekend, what's on the radio this weekend, what can you go see this weekend. We're going to get you ready for sports and, and how to view those things and what time and what channel and where to go and how it all works out. We'll do that with our biggie games of the week. And, and then I want to talk some some Clemson football we got some spring practice stuff going on. Uh, the Tigers back at spring practice. So we'll do that. And uh, and also talking about South Carolina's new wide receiver coach. We've got a lot, lot to do. If we have time, Mike, I like to fix some of these sports. I can fix the Olympics, but that's the most complicated fix of it. I can fix the NFL, fix college football, fix the NBA, fix college basketball. We can do a lot of that stuff. We'll maybe, maybe touch on that in the, in the uh, third and final hour as well telephone number 654 roar that's the adams and co roofing text line's been hot this morning phone calls as well with mike vaughn and mickey plotter we'd love for you to return for a busy hour number three right after this wccp fm 105.5 clemson greenville anderson waht am 1560 cowpens 97.5 spartanburg we are the roar 